Holy Heavenly Father, Mighty God, what a beautiful reminder of wonder of it. Father, a reminder of our relationship. Thank you for words that fellowship love that we Father, we ask that you share with us your thoughts and your words. Your thoughts and your words alone, Father, that you may speak through your humble servant, and it may be not the words of man, but the words of God, that they may fall purposefully, personally, on each heart here, that they may understand your will for them individually, and that they may feel the very love that you have for each and every one of us, Father, in the word that you've given us. And so, Father, we wait attentively at your feet, and we look for your teaching, Father, in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So it's, for a number of years, I've really wanted to come. I'm really excited to be here this weekend. And... Um, just in general, to be in Syracuse, but I think wanted, wanted to come to the fall outing for quite some time. Just the idea of the changing of the seasons and the, the sort of beauty of it. Um, and as I asked Brother David if there was a theme, he said, no, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. What's amazing is that the Lord has created the theme, I think. Because thank you to Brother Tyler for last night, and it was a wonderful message. And as I listened to it, I was a little concerned that he was going to start to, I was going to maybe have to revamp this morning's message. Um, but thank the Lord it was consistent with and um, in perfect alignment, as, as the Lord always is, with the message this morning. And so um, if I, I'd like to start with a, a few verses actually from the Amplified Bible, to kind of summarize what the Lord's laid on my heart and then move into the main message. Um, out of the first chapter of James, the Amplified Version reads in verses 8 through 10 and then 16 through 18, a double-minded man is unstable and restless in all his ways, in everything he thinks, feels, or decides. Let the brother in humble circumstances glory in his high position as a born-again believer, called to true riches and, and to be an heir of God. And the rich man is to glory in being humbled by his trials, revealing human frailty, knowing true riches are found in the grace of God. For like the flower of the grass, he will pass away. Do not be misled, my beloved brothers and sisters. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, the creator and sustainer of the heavens, in whom there is no variation, no rising or setting, or shadow cast by his turning. For he is perfect and never changes. It was of his own will that he gave us birth, as his children, by the word of truth, so that we could be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, a prime example 
of what he created to be set apart to himself, sanctified, made holy for his divine purposes. And so I, as I reflected on those verses, I was reminded of this idea of change. And as the seasons perpetually change, we are sort of wrapped up in this world that God has provided us. And it's, he, over the last few weeks in particular, reminded me of a message that he has put on my heart many times in my life. And I think is asking me and us to be more and more consistent. And in particular, over the last few weeks, that message has resonated more and more. Uh, just to share a story, maybe to um, anecdotally sort of give a picture. Many of you know that I'm an architect. And um, about a year ago, we were invited to interview for a very exciting project. Um, it was exciting for two reasons, I think. One is that there are very few of these types of buildings in the country. And two, they, this particular building type services honorably a, a population that really doesn't have a, a voice of its own. It's a pediatric rehabilitation hospital. And so young people who are disabled or disadvantaged in some way um, receive treatment here. And in many cases, go in unable to, to walk, talk, eat, and come out with the ability to walk, talk, and eat. So it's an amazing transform, transformative place. And um, so we really wanted this project. We went after it with everything we had. We set up a two-day interview, flew out with the client to California from Michigan to visit an adult rehabilitation center that we had designed. Um, rented a bus to take the group around, set up a presentation that involved the group in California and another group in Michigan that presented via video together. And we organized uh, a movie where we asked children, since it was a children's hospital, what would they want as um, if they were designing a hospital? Sort of an ask the experts, as, as we called it. And the client loved it. They, they really loved it, and um, thankfully, we won the project. We were super excited after having put all those resources into it. We won the project, came back and jumped right in with them, starting to design, met with the staff, the leadership, the community members, and just started coming up with really interesting ideas. And over the course of time, the honeymoon was over, so to speak, and as we started getting to the nuts and bolts of it, there seemed to be a disagreement that came up between what they seemed to want and what we thought they could achieve with their budget. And that disagreement just continued to sort of increase, the divide increased, and a couple weeks ago we received a phone call that they were going to close our contract and look for another design partner. So needless to say, after the great joy and excitement of December, in less than a year, we sort of went to great disappointment. And so as I thought on that, I could have really been down. But the Lord had been prepping me, I think, for that phone call a couple weeks before 
as he started to lay on my heart that I should be reading Ecclesiastes. And I think these are words that we've all read before, very familiar uh, verses out of chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes. This is, uh, excuse me for a second, uh, recently needed to get glasses, so I apologize. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear down, a time to, or time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. So as I thought on those, those words, it occurred to me that I could see them as I probably historically have seen them, which is sort of the seasons of life. Everything happens. Um, all things happen. And in fact, some people I think have used these words incorrectly to justify everything happens. Um, we've heard people say that the Lord says there's a time for everything, and so you can justify everything. And I do hope, brothers, sisters, and friends, that we realize that is not the Lord's intent. Um, the Lord, what the Lord's intent was is outlined a bit in the first verse, actually. I'm sorry, the second verse. A time to be born and a time to die, the Lord says. And so he shows us that he's given us this wonderful gift of life. He's given us birth, and yet there is an expiration date on that. And so we have this beginning and this end, between which we have all these events that are going to impact us. How do we react to those events as they come at us? How do we react to the laughing and the weeping? How do we react to the loving and the hating? And as I thought on that, it became clear that that's perhaps the fundamental role that we have as Christians is to understand how to react in this gift that God has given us. What do we do in that time between birth and death? That defines us as Christians. Defines us as people. And you can look at that list as the good side and see the loving and the joy. Or you can look at the bad side and you can see the hating in the morning. The fact is, God's given it all to us as a gift. And so... We can move through life, live life, hoping for eternity, 
with God, and this is just a pathway to that. Or we can embrace life, embrace the breadth of life that God has given us here, the seasons that we go through, the beauty of the change that was talked about last night, and that change not being something that we should shy away from, but something that we should recognize as God's gift. Again, not as a gift suggesting that everything is acceptable. We know that to kill does not mean to murder. Though though that the word to kill is listed here, to kill an animal for dinner, for example, is fine. To kill someone, especially a fellow believer, is not fine. So recognizing that all things are given by God, not all things are justified. We are called to embrace the gifts of life that God has given us, understanding that in that life, Jesus said in chapter 16 of John, verse 33, in this world we will have tribulation. Despite that, we should embrace it, despite the tribulation, because Jesus also bracketed that, saying that in me you can have peace. You don't have to fear, I have overcome the world. And so the roller coaster that we potentially ride as we, as we walk through the ups and downs listed in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 doesn't have to be the life we live as Christians. That roller coaster ride can be a more gentle ride for us, understanding that the gift that God has given us is an opportunity for us to live for him and glorify him. In fact, the writer of Ecclesiastes, probably Solomon, wrote as he questioned in verse 9, what gain has the worker from this toil after he listed everything that we have to live through? Also wrote in verse 10, I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. And so it's a wonderful verse I found that it's not just a life we live through, but God has given us a job, a responsibility, and an opportunity to embrace this life, whether it's the good or the bad. That is how we glorify God, because we can praise him in the ups and the downs. And as Christians, we know that we can have peace with Jesus, as he told us, despite the tribulation. We can have peace with Jesus in the joy, but not on the roller coaster ride, and, not understa- I mean, and understanding that it is not universally acceptable. Understanding that there will be good and bad, and those that do good may not be rewarded for that good in this life. And those that do bad may not be punished for that bad in this life. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 5, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. 
For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Interesting words from Jesus when you look at them on the surface because understanding that we as Christians may not see the reward in this world, but knowing that we have eternity with Jesus to look forward to, it's still difficult to see the bad not get punished. Where is the justice in that? And yet, Jesus says, love them with the same love that I show you, because they are the same as you. They are sinners as you were. And so, love them in hopes that they would see life the way you see life, in hopes that they would see life as a blessing from God as a blessing to be embraced. The writer goes on in verse 11 to say, God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. And so we can see all things are beautiful, even if we don't understand it, knowing that God is behind all of it with a confidence and a peace that Jesus gave each and every one of us, that we can live through this world and embrace it. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. God's gift to man is to take pleasure in all the toil all the challenges, all the joys. It's an amazing gift, the breath of life. It's an amazing opportunity for us to glorify him, to suggest that even in the ups and the downs, we can have peace in Jesus. That is a wonderful, wonderful gift and opportunity. Paul says, Similarly, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of Christ. God and Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, give thanks. That is a difficult task, but it is the business that the writer of Ecclesiastes has told us that we've been called to, to give praise in everything, in the changing of the seasons. And so if we look at winter coming and simply see that, we will miss the beauty of the leaves and the color that fall has to offer. We may not look forward to the summer that follows winter. It's interesting when you think about it, the change in the color of the leaves is actually the death of that leaf. The beauty that you see is death. That leaf has to die in order for a new leaf to come next year. 
Sometimes God has to clear away the old in order for the new to come. Sometimes there's beauty in that dying. Sometimes that's necessary. And so rather than pain, rather than despair, do we see the beauty that God has put into that? And do we approach it and embrace it with everything that we have? Not approving it necessarily. Sometimes we can't approve it. But we always embrace it for the glory of God. And so as we move through life, do we recognize that that opportunity day in, day out, is the business that we have been given. Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, we need to recognize that and not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. The idea that we have a birth and a death, the idea that we have a limited time with which to do God's work, the business that we've been put to, as the writer of Ecclesiastes told us, should be an encouragement and an edification. It should be an in excitement that we approach it. And knowing even though there will be times of tribulation, as Jesus said, we have amazing opportunity and joy that can follow that. The writer of Ecclesiastes went on to say in chapter 9 that, just as Jesus said, we need to recognize that all these events happen to both the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifice and him who does not sacrifice, as the good one is, so is the sinner, and he who swears is he who shuns an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun. All the same event happens to all. Also the hearts of the children of man are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. What a terrible unfortunate perspective if we let the world put us into a situation where we disdain the wonderful life we've been given, where we don't recognize the gift of God in life. What a, wonder, a terrible perspective to, to, to not see the beauty in it, but only see the fact that there is evil in the world. The madness that the writer describes is, is this disdain that some people get, this sort of resentment that some people have for the fact that we may be trying so hard to be good. They are not, and they seem to be reaping the benefits. And in that resentment, we may get weighed down. The madness that the writer describes here is that weight. And what an unfortunate perspective to have. What a missed opportunity to have that kind of perspective. Because 
the life that Jesus has provided us, the peace that he's given us, is an opportunity to get past that, to overcome the world as he's overcome the world. All things, Romans chapter 8, work together for good to them that love God. It does not mean all things are good, but all things work for good to those that love God. We can be confident that God's plan will be achieved. Our purpose is purely to praise him in that, to praise him in the ups and the downs. There's a song, one of the benefits of a seven-hour commute to church that I heard several, several times on the way here um, by Brandon Lake. Some of you may know it. Some of the words go, sometimes you've got to shout it from the mountain louder in the valley trusting that he's going to get you there. Because the valley has walls, and your voice has to get over those walls. In the downtime, our praise must be greater than the praise of the uptimes. Sometimes you've got to welcome the wonder, wait for the answer, worship with your hands in the air. Praise, give him praise. He is worthy of all the praise in every instance and in every opportunity. He is worthy of all the praise. It, it's interesting to think about all of the different times that we may have missed an opportunity to praise him because we let an event affect us and didn't see the godly benefit in it. An event like losing a project an event like someone's words hurting you, an event like somebody cutting you off on the highway. All of these things are opportunities that we have to show the grace of Christ to others. And if we miss those opportunities, someone that could have been sitting here with us right now might not be. I thought back after I read through these verses of all those times when I missed those opportunities because I was so engrossed in myself. I was so engrossed in what had just happened to me that I wasn't paying attention to my brother. And that brother could have been sitting here with me today. Missed opportunity. So if I ride the roller coaster of life, I'm going to miss those opportunities. But if I embrace life the way that the writer of Ecclesiastes has encouraged us to, those opportunities will come and we will be able to praise God in every one of them in hopes that all of these seats will be filled next year. What amazing job we've been given, the writer of Ecclesiastes says the business we've been put to. Praise God in every instance and in every opportunity. That's a job I want. That's a job I want to interview for. That's the job I want to win. And that's the job I don't want to lose. If I only praise Jesus in the up times, then I may 
disdain this life. I may start to I may start to resent the people around me. I may start to resent the time I have here. What a terrible way to live. If I only praise Jesus humbly in the downtime, then it may seem like there is never good in this world. Only the downtime. So the writer of Ecclesiastes says, there is good and there is bad. We are called to praise Jesus in both, in all, so that everyone around us sees what it means to be a true Christian. I do pray that as we think about the idea of the changing of the leaves and all of the words that Brother Tyler talked about last night, that that change is not seen as either bad or good. It's a gift from God, an opportunity today, tomorrow, an opportunity to live the fullest life we can between birth and death, the fullest life we can, praising God. Thanks be to God. Holy Heavenly Father,